0: Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And uh, we're going to be a little loopy today because uh, we just got some big Criminal Minds news that we can't share just yet, but uh, there will be Criminal Minds news from us in the near future once we find out some more stuff. Yeah. And before you ask, no, I'm not getting a job writing on Criminal Minds. Yes, I did ask, but no, they already had a full staff. So, you know.
1: And besides, and it was just as well. Because I got another writing
0: job because, one week later. Because a week later, you get the job of your dreams. <laughs> yeah, I actually got the job of my dreams writing uh, one week later. But I'm also not allowed to talk about that one yet. <laughs> no. So, <laughs> but I'm already just, doing it, and it's very exciting. <laughs> if you're wondering, and he's having
1: a blast oh, no, I'm having a blast.
0: I love the job. No complaints whatsoever. Like, it's, it's, it's the perfect job for me. The job I've always wanted, and I somehow got it. Well, I got it because I have, like, you know, decades of writing experience. <laughs> but, you know, the, the important part is they like me. I love being there. So, yeah. And, I mean, you'll hear more about my new job soon, you know, like, once I know what I'm allowed to talk about. But, yeah, I, I, I did actually get my dream job. And you're like, was well, isn't writing for Criminal Minds your dream job? And I'm like, I, I guess you could say that it was until I found out the job I now have existed. And was available to me, because <laughs> honestly, full stop. Job, but that dream did not come true. That did not, and this one did come true. So yeah. And
1: this one came true. One can have more than one
0: dream. That's absolutely true, and I, we all have plenty of dreams. And one of mine legit came true, which is.
1: And the problem is, is the commercial job would have meant you had to work
0: move to L A. Yeah, that wouldn't have been ideal. So and fun fact, uh, we're not big on America at the moment. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> And I can remember the only time you've sort of gone to the West Coast was San Francisco and yeah. you were afraid the
0: big earthquake would hit one. It really was. I was I was, <laughs> was paranoid like, the entire trip. I was like, is this is the whiz you know, because you know those things where it's like sometime in the next 50 years, the entire northeast north like Northern California is just gonna fall into the ocean. Just one day, <laughs> all of the ground is gonna turn into a liquid and we're done.
1: And yeah, to tell a funny—can I tell a funny little story? He went to San Francisco to break up with his girlfriend.
0: <laughs> Why on earth would you mention that? <laughs> this
1: was a long,
0: long time ago. This was guy. a long, long time ago. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> before, be, before,
0: yeah, no, no, lady this girl. is ages and ages and ages ago. We're <laughs> talking about decades gone. here, but yes, it is funny. I'm not saying it's not fun. It was
1: a mutual breakup, guys. Oh, yeah, it no, it's fantastic. not like
0: I was surprised dumping somebody on the other side of the world. No, no,
1: no. It yeah. wasn't that. They decided to have one last...
0: Yeah, just like, well, no, we're, we're just going to like, well, no, honestly, let's face it. And I mean, this is the last personal thing I'm getting into here. But it's like, <laughs> if I felt like, if I went to uh to San Francisco and felt like I'm the kind of person who could actually live in America, I might have tried to make it work. But fundamentally... I can't live in America, so yeah. it was never going to work. As simple as that. And spoiler alert, America's only gotten worse in the last 20 years. Oh, Lord. Like America's me. America was real bad at the time because we're talking about the Bush presidency and the Iraq war. Right. Uh The start of the Iraq war. And it has only gotten worse since. So, yeah. Uh no, uh, well, and I mean, we'll do a Sunday show running down all of the nightmare things that are happening in America at some point when for, we can stomach yeah, it when we can stomach it but i can now, I, I yeah, cannot, I am just Oh, no, I get see. it, no, you're in shock i I well, you know, like I knew it was coming, yeah, we all knew we all well, I mean it's weirdly relevant to the book we're talking about today. Oh, Lord, help me.
1: Yes. And it's just like, I'm, I, I, that, that, that's how I feel about it. Like the first thing, of course, on my Sunday morning news show on the CBC, what are they going to talk about? Oh yeah.
0: No, you can't it
1: turned off. And I ended up watching the end of Canada's drag race so that I could find out who became Canada's drag queen after Priyanka. (laughs) And Fantastic. I felt very good about it. I understood their choice.
0: Yeah,
1: I might have chosen the one of the other people. Yeah. there were some people you preferred. Well, there was just like there was just one, and it wasn't. An, it was an iffy up and down. Yeah. Um. And that. And if people haven't watched, uh, I mean, this um, Pivia had this costume was just like the final costume.
0: Yeah. That,
1: Pythia did was so stunning.
0: Right. Right.
1: That it was, it just took my breath away. And okay. that doesn't happen very often. There were some brilliant costumes, but costuming isn't everything.
0: But and, um, it, it certainly catches the eye.
1: Yeah. Of, of the three people, yeah, I can see why they, why they picked ice couture, but <laughs> I don't know. i just like,
0: this one blew you
1: away. But this one just blew me away, and um, so I'm. I i can not wait for the third season of, of Canada's Drag Race. Yeah, and I finally figured out who Brooklyn Brooke, Brooklyn Heights is. It was just never mind.
0: All right, but I mean, yeah, no. Uh, I've been. I I understand avoiding the news. Like we don't live in America, so we're not in charge of putting together, you know, uh, protest groups. Yeah. Which we would have to be doing if we lived in America. Oh, God. Uh, thank God Canada is a sane country. So far. So far. Well, no. And I mean, uh, I did love that one person's response was Canada needs a law protecting abortion, blah, blah, blah. No, we don't. Because under Canadian law, do you need, do you need to create a law requiring you to have access to heart surgery? Do you need to have a law, you know, saying you have access, guaranteeing you have access to kidney stone surgery? No, you don't. Because those are medical procedures. And in same oh. countries, that's how abortion is treated. Just a medical procedure.
1: And, well, not... and, and, and but this this goes this goes to the guy who was on the convoy, right? Yeah. Who 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 said he had a Second Amendment right to carry guns. Well, it's, it's the exact same thing.
0: Like and no, I mean, I was watching, watching I was seriously watching Joe Rogan the other day. There was this clip from Joe Rogan saying, What about Canadians' First Amendment rights? And it's like everyone just looking at him like It's a different country, you absolute buffoon. Do you think other countries have the United States Constitution? Like, do you (laughs) so, like, little understand how anything works that you think the U.S. Constitution is universal? Spoiler alert, we don't have freedom of speech here, and we live in a much more civilized country because of it.
1: Yeah, not the same kind of freedom of speech that they have. We don't
0: have Nazis stomping around. Well no, because we have hate speech That's laws. That's my point. Whereas yes. you can't make hate speech laws in America because of their insane interpretation of the First Amendment. Yeah. We have hate speech laws. You know what? Most civilized countries do. And yeah. you know what happens if you don't? You get Nazis running for the running for president. You get Nazis okay. actually this is in Sunday the Sunday
1: show. <laughs> I know,
0: I'm just saying, like Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you're wait. the
0: one who started it. In my I'm defense.
1: sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Nah, I apologize. Nah. I just. I am in a
0: state of numerous things that have gone bad. A, yeah, numerous things that have gone bad. One thing that has gone incredibly well.
1: Um. Yes. Yeah. that We're all just going. Duh, but duh, we duh. are not, to
0: yeah. use the correct term and the title of a TV show. I was an extra on. We're on tilt right now. <laughs> right now. That yeah. is what's happening. Our brains have been. We are two days out from. Like the Supreme Court in America deciding to make the handmaid's tale real. Yeah. You know? And at the same time, like all of this good stuff is happening as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so like, we don't know how to feel.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. Because you know, in the end, you're going, Okay, so if America continues to go to hell in a handbasket, our world is gonna continue to get better? <laughs>
0: I know, like Is this, is this it a sympathetic magic type of situation? Did we make America get terrible by having good lives suddenly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that episode hey, it's like that episode of Criminal Minds where <laughs> where he starts getting good at gambling once he starts murdering people. Oh. <laughs> once he starts murdering people, his luck changes. <laughs> And so maybe America's disaster state is good for us on a karmic level. I don't know. But I am proud that I was able to bring it back to Criminal Minds, honestly.
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah. And now we want to go to Angel of Darkness, and we're avoiding (laughs) this because... It makes us so sad. I am it, sure you No, no, you that good.
0: is, that is why I've been hesitating. You're absolutely right. Because so do, do a little backstory if you didn't li- listen to the earlier episode. And I think you should because it'll provide some context for the conversation we're about to have. We covered the show, The Alienist, and had a really good time with it. Uh, we saw where they had made changes and we understood where they had spaced it out. And honestly, like doing scenes with the police and the Ted Levine character actually proved really interesting. Because yeah. it it allowed it, the show to really focus on the fact that at this time, and to a certain extent today, the police really were only thinking of themselves. Like, you can say whether they are or not today, but at the time, the police even saw themselves as just another street gang. Uh-huh. Right? They were, like, the police at that time were considered to, were, were just another street gang, but they even saw themselves that way. As a street gang with city approval to do whatever they wanted to do, right? And so they had extra responsibilities. And in a large, very large way, that first book is about an attempt to uh, professionalize the police. And we can have a debate about how well that ever worked, right? But that is what uh, the first thing is about, Yeah. right? These attempt to professionalize the police and turn them into a real thing and not just another street gang. And what's so fascinating about it is they, they, so they actually expanded on some stuff in the first book, in the first series, in an interesting way. I mean, they left a bunch of stuff out that hurt it. Absolutely. But there were ways in which it was actually improved. This time, it's a different book. It, it has the same villain. Well, it has kind of the same villain, but fundamentally it is a completely different story. Like, there is, there are three places where I would say it's the same story. One, uh, same basic villain, a woman who works at a hospital who is kidnapping and murdering children. Okay. <laughs> Two, uh, she kidnaps the child of a diplomat and it's a Spanish diplomat and the Spanish-American war is about to happen. So the diplomat Diplomat can't go to the police about it because it'll create an international incident, and they don't want to make things any worse than they already are. Because you know, there's no way to stop the train that is the Spanish-American War from happening. No, Spain, not with
1: Teddy Roosevelt. Not there. with Teddy
0: Roosevelt. You know, pushing this and not with. Although they didn't don't talk about it in the book the way they do in the uh, uh, the show. Not with William Randolph Hearst there. Yep. But he was just as big a part as Teddy Roosevelt was. Well, watch Citizen Kane. Yeah, Citizen Kane lets you know all you need to know about that. But they covered it a bit on the show, too. Uh, all right. So, and then finally, uh, and of course, the final thing is, it is similar in that you've got the side story that it is the worst professional crisis of Laszlo's career because a kid has killed himself in Laszlo's care.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's like, those are the, basically the only three things that were carried over from the book to the show. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. That's it. Yeah. it it was, it's, uh,
1: I don't, I wouldn't even know. Well, I do know, I suppose you could read you could, you would have to, you could do another show called the angel of darkness
0: and it, and be more realistic to the structure and. I would do it as a miniseries. I think you could get this done in three weeks. I think you could, if you had three solid yeah. hours and some pruning, you could get all the way through *Angel of Darkness*, the book. Yeah, you know. Well,
1: I think I because I, I mean... just
0: watched the um this beautiful uh and you should check this out. Uh, I think it's on Prime or maybe crave not important. Um the Hugh Laurie did one of those BBC ad- uh, adaptation uh, British adaptations of Agatha Christie. And he did Why didn't they ask Evans? Oh yes, I've seen it. Isn't it great? Yeah, they did a really it's, nice job. It's perfect. Like it is yeah. perfect. And it's like after all of these dour like dour bleak serious we want to make it modern and brutal Agatha Christies they've been doing lately to have someone just like Do a straight adaptation of the book with full production and great acting. I loved it. I adored it from beginning to end. All three hours. Perfect.
1: Yeah. This is the second. um, Like I did like the John Malkovich with. ABC murders. Yeah. yeah. The ABC murders. I did like the Malkovich. I thought it was too
0: bleak. That was me, (laughs) but. I understand. Well, it, might be. it was it was way bleaker than any other Agatha Christie adaptation. I understand why you liked it, because he's fantastic oh, and he's just a, a perfect for our. It's world. a perfect performance. But yeah. it's like, but they're deciding to add all sorts of stuff to make it bleak and unpleasant. I didn't like. And I love that why didn't they ask Evans shows you? No, you can just do a straight adaptation and it can still be a great miniseries. Well, in because
1: game. I cannot, I cannot get through. Things like the new, uh the Nile one, right? Oh, Death God, on the Nile. I know. Oh, my Lord, I tried. I love Agatha Christie.
0: But I am not also, enjoying Kenneth Brana's takes on this stuff at all.
1: No, it, it just, it doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't work. You, you know. might as well go back and watch
0: the original. It's really good. The original is great.
1: Well, yeah, because you've got what Peter Houston off, yeah, Peter Houston R- off doing an playing amazing job. I
0: mean, come on, yeah. camp it up. But honestly, no? uh Suchet is great too. Yeah, Suchet's is great oh, too. No. It's just Kenneth Branagh that I'm not enjoying.
1: All of these new ones, and I just go, yeah, I get it.
0: I know I can't. So let's yes, right. and as you can tell, But we're talking about adaptation because it, but it brings to mind these other adaptation disappointing ones later because. It's such a good book. The book was fantastic. Yeah. I
1: loved it. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was heart wrenching. Oh, it was, you know, I mean, you got how people interacted and I thought that it was wonderful that, I mean, why didn't they take, I mean, this is a story that what's his name is telling
0: stevie yeah the second he, book is told by, from stevie's point of view
1: Ste- stevie decides that um because he's dying
0: yeah well i mean it's not like, he like it's not like it's a deathbed thing he's he's an adult now he's yeah. running a tobacconist but he knows he's got a bad cough and he knows it's not getting better
1: he and knows he's, he's like, got cancer essentially. Yeah, he, he
0: essentially knows he's got cancer uh and he says to you know he says to john why didn't you ever write another book about uh you know, what happened? Yeah, yeah. With the, the, the Spanish affair. And he's like, yeah. cause, and John's like, because it's too bleak. Cause I have no interest in going back to that part of my life. If you like it, Steve, you know, if you're so interested in Stevie, why don't you write a book about it? So Stevie decides, so Stevie well, I does. guess I can do it. If I he guess. can do
1: it, I can yeah, do it. i like, so why not?
0: I'll, I'll do it. And he does. And that is, that is the book we're reading. We are writing Stevie's book, which is this portion of his life that is, brutal. Like, John is right, <laughs> you know. It was brutal. It would I mean, be better would, to forget.
1: Well, yeah, but Stevie obviously couldn't forget, yeah. partly because the love of his life
0: Yeah, is wrapped up in this story and comes to a very tragic end because of this story.
1: Yeah, because she's a drug addict and a oh. prostitute and yeah. she tries, he tries, but nothing works. Um
0: Yeah. And unfortunately, it is She is literally done in by her cocaine addiction. Yeah. Oh, that was a rough one. That's a rough scene. Oh, my God. But yeah, uh, so it's magnificent. So it really, like, the whole start, the kickoff is almost exactly the same. You know, Sarah's running her detective agency. And so she gets a call from this woman who is the wife of the ambassador, to New York, like part of well, not the ambassador, but like an important attache in the ambassadorial thing um, of the Spanish, you know, mission to New York. And she was clubbed over the head while she was walking in Central Park, and her baby was abducted. Yeah. Right? Alright. And uh right, she was ab- uh, and so now she wants to find out what happened to her baby. She needs to find it, but she can't involve the police because of the tensions between America and Spain at the time and there's obviously going to be a war and you know everything is on tenterhooks and they don't and essentially her scumbag husband doesn't want to live, give the US government any additional leverage over Spain yeah, and he's willing to sacrifice his daughter to yeah. keep the US government from having this leverage and BTW it's implied pretty clearly that this, if this was his son it would be a very different matter yes exactly yeah, like that is that is made pretty clear in case you're wondering, oh, is that part of the plot? It sure as hell is. This show has no illusions about what's... This show, this book has no illusions about what's going on. And yeah. yes, the woman is working as a nurse in the hospital. But like, that's the end of the... <laughs> I've just described the last similarity between the plots of these two things. Like, that's, that's it.
1: That's it. That's it. That, yeah. uh, no, I mean, I mean... I mean, when I was talking, when we were talking about the Netflix
0: series. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't think it was Netflix. It was Stars or whatever. But yeah.
1: Whatever The limited series. Wherever it was, we saw it. Yeah. And as I said, it it was more like, uh, no, I was waiting for Dracula to show up. (laughs) I
0: know, because it was so over the top.
1: Oh, it was. And it was so. And. uh, Oh, the. The. I mean, the characters, John's difficulties.
0: Yep. All just all of this additional business they give all of the characters. And Stevie ain't even in the show. He is in one scene in the first episode. And that's it. Yeah, When it's his book, you know? (laughs) It's so crazy. So Stevie's there. His lady friend isn't there. Like, no, but like, so yeah. Everything that made the book, the book is gone. Completely absent. And we can highly recommend the book. Oh, yeah. No, right. Before you hear us really get into the plot, because we're going to be talking about the plot now. But before we get into the plot, just go read the book. If you liked the show, if you like the first book and you haven't read the second book for whatever reason, you've got to read the second book. It is. I don't know if it's better than the first book because I haven't read it in so long, but I loved this from beginning to end. Like it. it The series of revelations. You know, like the way it meets out, it's huge series of twists are all so good. And it's like, because we know what we know about psychology, obviously you and I see them coming, you know, because we know how humans are built and what causes Munchausen syndrome and all of this stuff. Right. We know we see a lot of this stuff before it comes up in the book. But I think a lot of people are going to be like really intrigued and surprised by so many of the mysteries and the twists in this.
1: Yeah. Which is why, why it's uh sort of hard. Well, yeah, we're going to discuss it. We are just suggesting you go and read it yourself before you talk about it
0: because we can't avoid, No, you can't avoid spoilers. Like there's no way to not talk about spoilers because like they know who the killer is really early. Yeah. They just don't know why they don't know why. And they don't know how to catch her. Yeah, and they and don't they know don't... how to prove it, and part of it is, and I love that because a she is the girlfriend right of the head of this street gang. Yeah, and so you got these brutal street gang, and so even if they they do have friends on the police, but because the police are just a rival street gang, yeah, <laughs> like the 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 brothers, right? The two brothers, the detectives can go and say to the police, we have evidence that she's locked up there, and then the police will hear. But it's guarded by the dusters, and be like, yeah, we're not going to go search that place. Like, yeah. if we know for a fact, if we had like evidence that there's actually a baby in there to rescue, we'll maybe put something together. But we're not trying to serve a warrant on a place guarded by brutal murderers. <laughs> So there's literally, they can't call the cops. They know who the killer is, but they literally can't, even once there's a possibility of getting the daughter back, all they have to do is bust this place open, get the daughter back, put her in jail. The cops literally wouldn't do it if they asked, because they're not going to risk their lives. Yep. And so, like, you have to have literally, there's a scene where they, <laughs> where Stevie in maybe my favorite scene in The Thing hires a ferret to go and find the girl. He's got a friend who uses a ferret to rob people. Because the yep. ferret is really, it's a very well-trained ferret and it can sneak into places and grab things and come back out. And so he goes to this guy who's a trained ferret and he's like, so if I give you like the bedclothes of this girl, he can learn the smell and go find her. And like, oh yeah, no, this this ferret's a genius. Of course he can. So they do it. They hire. They sneak inside. They are the ferret. And they're like, there's this wall in the basement, right? And they are no 100% sure that the little girl's on the other side of this wall. But yeah. you can't prove it. And Stevie can't figure out how to get the wall open. So there's nothing they can do. And so even though... And you this torturous situation where they know where the girl is. They suspect she's still alive. They want to be able to rescue her, but there's nothing they can do about it. Like, because of the situation with the police and the government, there's literally, they are completely helpless to actually just go in there. And if they tried to bust in and do it themselves, they'd get murdered by a street gang. So it's like, it it's one of my favorite dilemmas in the entire book, because right at the start, they know who the, I mean, by a hundred pages in, they know who the killer is by 150 pages in, they know where the baby is. But there's nothing they can do about it, and so they have to say, "How can we within the laws and within the way society works right now, how can we save the day? How can we fix this i I loved that part of it
1: yeah uh, it, it it's every every everything about it, like finding out that there's a false wall and finding out that there's you know um And then trying to track this woman down.
0: Yeah. And figure out where she came from.
1: Yeah. Where she came from, just like they did with, um, in the first book. Yep. Right. They have to try and track
0: her down. Yeah. In both books, they go upstate. You're right. In both, there's this, uh, both books, there's this whole sequence where they go upstate to find the villain's backstory, tragic backstory. Yes. So yeah, that is the one place where it does, there is a, a bit of an overlap with the first book and it does feel, very similar.
1: Yeah. And, and, what I would, but, and that doesn't, that doesn't matter. Doesn't because it. losers always come to the big cities. Yeah. Like they, they, they screw up, up their them. lives
0: and they get thrown out of their small town and they get run out of town on a rail. And then what do they do? They disappear into the anonymous big city. Yeah. You know? And, uh, here she got hooked up with a rich family. <laughs> Yep. to be a maid with a rich family, and she could have peacefully lived out the rest of her life there yep. but her uh being a maid for this well-to-do family, but her desperate need to live out this fantasy of getting a child that was taken away from her that she lost well, we'll get into that later made her made it so that she couldn't just. Except that she had the best possible happy ending. She had to go back and keep doing this over and over again. Yeah, it's really like God. The the portrait they paint of this woman is so powerful. Like yeah, it really beginning. is.
1: And even yeah, I mean,
0: she's married. Yep she's she has uh, married an elderly World War, uh, sorry, World War, uh, Civil War uh, veteran. What? Yeah, You know, so he's a war hero. He's a uh, so that that will give her some level of prestige. And she uses her, you know, skills at nursing and housekeeping to look after him a little because he is completely out of it. But it gives like his army pension gives her a steady income and she's free to come and go as she pleases. Like it is it was a very good plan on her part. Like she really did think everything through quite effectively because Miriam also gives her a complete new legal name to go by so nobody will be able to find her if they come looking for her you know it's like every part of her plan is so wonderfully thought out i just and she's much older in the um she's much older in the the book, book than she is in the show in the show she's like in the book it. she's in her late 30s she's been doing this for years yeah cuz she had a whole life of getting married and having three kids cuz spoiler alert Yeah, she's still the her. You're right. I forgot to mention one other point of uh of accuracy in the show versus the book. She does have a daughter. Yeah. In the uh, she does have a daughter in the the book as well. But that's a very different story. (laughs) Oh, is it a very different story? Yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: know who adapted this book.
0: Well, like. I understand why they thought that it was going to be difficult to do this, right? The way it is and I I understand why they thought oh no you just can't do that on a TV show because I mean the show is a much more there's there's so much less act like the first book is so like Okay, it is, I'm not going to say it's a cliche, because the whole point of the book is is that it is taking the cliches of serial killer investigation that we're used to and reverse engineering and say, okay, but what if this all happened a hundred years ago? How would it be different? Right? And this doesn't have that hook. No. Because fundamentally... The issues that this book is talking about of (laughs) women's roles and child abuse and the fact that it's like everyone immediately assumes a woman could never hurt her children, blah, 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 all of that stuff. That hasn't changed at all in the hundred years. Like it was a giant national news story that went on that like dragged on for a year when one woman killed her daughter. And the the tenor, right, the tenor of all the coverage was freaking exactly the same as this fiction, as like everyone's disbelief at this fictional woman, you know? (laughs) And how, and it's like, of course she couldn't have killed her children. She's a woman. She's a mother, blah, 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 blah. All of the stuff that lets this woman get away with it in here is all 100% still true today. And. That is a so much harder story to tell today than the original because it's like today we know what serial killers are and we're comfortable watching fiction about serial killers and their crimes. But we sure as hell aren't comfortable today watching crimes about a woman who was so screwed up by her childhood and this baby that she murdered because she couldn't let anyone find out that she was pregnant because it would destroy her standing in society. And now that it has become, it has become this fixation that she just has to live out over and over and over again. Right. People don't want to hear that story today. No, they just don't like that's This is the story of, and I'm, I hate that. I have to say this. The story of angel of darkness could be switched to the present day while changing almost nothing. You know? Whereas the, the story of, uh, the story of the previous book of The Alienist, you'd have to completely rewrite to set in the modern day because so much of the story is about how difficult it is to do that kind of investigation in a world where no one treats, you know, uh, psychology seriously. But in the present day, we know we have profiling we know about serial killers we know about you know child abuse we know about all this stuff like we can t- you can tell the story of the alienist today with no difficulty whatsoever you can't do that with angel of darkness i truly believe that if you tried to do the story of angel of darkness today people would find it just as scandalous as the fictional people of the past are finding the story within the book and that is why they had to set it in the mo- uh, they had to completely change the book and at the start, when I started reading the book, I'm like, Oh, so it's not as action packed. And that's why they didn't adapt it straight. And I'm like, No, I think it might be that the story is too rough and the, that like TV audiences just weren't ready for it. Or at least they believe TV audiences just weren't ready.
1: Yeah. For they believe that. I think that because I'm not see it would be a lot more difficult these days. For this to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: The way it's portrayed in the book. In the book, remember that she has numerous and they have to go back. She, it's much harder to cover things up. It's yeah. much harder to, um, because she just always needs another baby. Yeah. Because what happens is the babies are supposed to love her. Mm-hmm. They don't love her eventually, or they cry. They need to be fed. They, you yeah, know, and yeah. so she, she basically passively kills most of them.
0: Yeah, she lets them starve, or she, you know,
1: yeah, because poisons and, them,
0: and yeah. Find, yeah, poisons them with her breast milk. Oh my god. That reveal, by the way, that she is that giving herself fun. micro doses of arsenic so that the babies will die from the arsenic. And as they show, it is a classic, you know, Munchausen situation where yeah. she starts out like um ma- uh, making the child sick so the child will need her. Yeah. And then she sees all of the sympathy and attention she gets when the child dies. And then that starts being what she gets off on. Yeah. Like it is, it is like he has scripted this so perfectly and yeah, so I mean, truthfully. Can't complain about it. No, can't. it is. It is accurate.
1: <laughs> it's. It's. Uh. Yeah. I mean, it is true. Munchhausen's this woman and how they find her. Oh. And how they they end it up, yep. right? You know, and then you've got the the sub story with Laszlo. Yeah. And a that to me was.
0: That was just so hard. <laughs> oh, I know. Oh my God. But yeah, the, um, what do you call, there's, there's so many good moments in this, like, there's so many fantastic moments in this book. All right. So um, yeah, basically, so they get, they get in the situation where they're able to figure out who it is, not easily, but relatively quickly, yeah. right? Based on, and this was a really fun sequence, a meeting with Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Yeah where they do some profiling with Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Yep. Oh, uh, you know, a uh, woman's rights pioneer, suffragist, American hero of Elizabeth Cady Stanton. The woman who wrote the woman's Bible. Yep. It's fantastic. Like, it's a great scene. Yeah. And that really is was, a great scene. And yeah, I'm I'm sad it. there was no real place for getting into that in the show, because, you know, oh, that would have been so much fun. Uh, but yeah, so they... <laughs> They have a meeting with Elizabeth Katie Stanton. They do a profile of her and, they're, and they, they are able to get and Elizabeth Katie Stanton is able to you know, work with them and they get a sketch of what the, the abductor looks like and they're able to reverse engineer that into tracking her down at her place of work. Yeah. And it all, it all makes sense and that's how they find about her husband and the house they live in and they're like, okay, well, obviously she's hiding the baby in the house and that's how they get into that. And Stevie's, you know, paramour this, uh, streetwalker, this sex worker, right? Uh, you know, hangs out and gets cocaine from and is the, you know, often and on again girlfriend of the, uh, the leader of the Dusters. And you get one of the most horrifying, you know, bits I've ever seen where she's disgusted by him, uh, that he's, you know, using cocaine. To string out and, uh, you know, pay for sex with 12 year olds. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's so revolting. And how can he possibly do that? The character I'm discussing is 14. Yeah. So it's like, and it's just like this moment you get of you being so horrified by her life. And then it's like, and then her being so <laughs> horrified by the next thing down is, is so jarring as a reader. That it's difficult yeah. to cope with. <laughs> Yes. That, and That was one of the most horrifying sections of the book, where she's just talking about her life with the dusters. Yeah. Oh. Man, are, but yes. Yeah. Well, we have the problem of, of visualization.
1: I know. We tend to visualize these things.
0: Yeah, so it hits harder. Yeah, and it's just, yeah. But it's she, like they, they even get into, like, how fingerprints weren't used at the time. So even though they get a fingerprint off of the club, because they find it in the garbage, right? Yeah. Where she dropped it after clubbing uh the Spanish diplomat's wife, right? So they find it and then they manage to hire this, uh the girl, right? Stevie's friend to go and get the fingerprint off of the woman's button, the button on the woman's coat when she goes to see her boyfriend, the head of the duster's. Yeah, And so it's like, it is such a nice scene. And then, but then we're like, oh, great, they've proved it. And, but then we get the kick from, well, this ain't France, you know, (laughs) fingerprints aren't legally recognized in courts in this country. We're not a civilized country like France, where you can use fingerprints to identify people. Like, we can know it's true, but that doesn't mean anything in a court of law. And so, like, they've always got that aspect to it that I love so much. But it's like, no, like everything is primitive. Everything is everything is ten degrees harder than it has to be because America is so primitive at this time. Like, ah, oh, it's such a nice touch, you know?
1: Yeah, it's such a depressing book. Yeah. You know? it? No, it is. Like and 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 it's true when I think about um some of the scenes that are written in the book, like it all flows. There is nothing that you would say is unbelievable. It is. But yeah, I mean, adapting the book, I just Mm -hmm. think they made the wrong choices. I can see why there's a lot of stuff that they can't do. Yeah. Like I, even today, the sex scenes with the lead of the dusters, because you have to understand that he has all of these other women that he can have sex with whenever he feels like it. Yep. These and children.
0: These, oh yeah. Children. Yeah. But he has this still, this older. He has this obsession with this third, like this woman who's even older than he is because she is capable of dominating him. Yep. You know? And that's what he needs from time to time. And yep. it's like, as this brutal gang leader, it's the only person in his life capable of dominating him. Like, and no one else could conceivably ever do that. And he gets her children. Yeah. And babies, he's, yeah. When she's desperate. Yeah. They both need something from each other. Yep. Yeah. It's, he, it's bleak. It's, yeah. It's a, the more we're talking about this book, yeah. the
1: more I'm going, okay, maybe they did do something that was palatable, but it was terrible.
0: (laughs) It wasn't great. And as I mean, if you go and listen to our episode about it, like we find things that like we, we do the thing we always do, which is we rewrite as we're reading, watching. And it's like, we point out that even within the story they wrote, you know, even if there were were ways to do it better, there were ways to make it more powerful, uh, powerful. There were make it ways to make it less contrived. like, and just, I mean, come on, the climax of this book, compared to the climax of that book, where like the dusters come and just kill everybody at a police station. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous and contrived. And But by comparison, the climax of this book, they could have done the climax of this book. Yeah. They absolutely could have. It would have cost some money, but it would have been beautiful. Because, you know, spoiler alert. Roosevelt does show up in the book. He's not in the show at all. He does show up in the book, and it's a fantastic. Arguably my favorite part of the book. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my God. Yeah, just the idea that, oh, so it's a street fight these guys want, huh? Well, why don't we call our good friend the Secretary of the Navy? (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure he knows some guys who don't mind getting into street fights. Oh, so good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's just the briefest section. Because you know that uh, he's going to run off and have his war. You know? Oh, yes.
1: And he's there are his children. His
0: war. But he's got his troops. The war ain't started yet, but he's still got his troops. And his yeah. troops are looking for a fight. Yeah. Oh, yes. Why Why not give them a, you yeah, know, give a, a little practice? Yeah. yeah, a little, a little practice. practice. Before they head off to Cuba. Oh, yeah, no, that's that's a fantastic scene. But yeah, like, the, the tragedy of the book, right, is that the entire book, you're sitting there, you're reading every part of it, you're watching every scene, and it's so frustrating to a modern audience, because they have so much evidence, and they have so much proof, and you just want them to be able to call the authorities, right? And just deal with it the right way, but one of the message of the books is, yeah, there's no, the authorities are all just power, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all just power. There's nobody, nobody is looking into right and wrong. Nobody has cared about doing the right thing. It's who are your friends? Who do you know? What is your station in life? You know? And they happen to know Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And if they didn't know, and it, and it's like they do everything the right way in the section that we're about to start talking about. They do everything the right way. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And what matters is who has power. You know, and is what is your station? Who are your friends? And they end up having a very good friend in Teddy Roosevelt and an even better friend in El Nino. (laughs) Hey, an Indonesian pygmy. (laughs) <laughs> who starts out working for the spanish the ambassador but when he figures out that these people care more about the gu- getting the girl little girl back than his boss does he switches teams yep i did not see any part of that coming who sees it? i mean no that
1: was the, that was the beauty of the book i think that yeah yes it did keep you going
0: and the twists and turns are such a surprise every time yes they really are like they're just uh, such delightful surprises every time they ha- they hit you with something like you it it always hits you right out of left field you know you never see this stuff coming and you do see john's story and you do see uh, her story yep you know sarah gets plenty to do and john gets plenty to do but like stevie is the focus and Cyrus is more of a focus because Stevie and Cyrus are buddies who always hang out together. Yes. There's a lot more with Cyrus. There's a bunch more with, there's a, obviously there's a ton with Stevie because it's his story, but there's a lot more with Cyrus than there was in the first book. I right? think that's what, that's what makes it interesting is yeah. you get to see it. Like the first book right. is Laszlo and John and Sarah and a bunch of supporting characters. And yeah. this time it's, Stevie and Cyrus and El Nino and a bunch of supporting characters.
1: Yeah, and telling it basically because you're telling it from the bottom.
0: Yeah, you're telling it from the bottom. Yeah. yeah, And so they don't, he's like, okay, well you saw all the scenes of therapy and profiling in the first book. We don't need to do that again. So when they get upstate and they finally oh my god, the 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 hell they go through to track down this woman's family. But it's like, so they get upstate uh, because John knows the DA up in this thing upstate. And he just has, he has messaged, John has messaged everyone, basically, that they can find in the entire state saying, have you heard of this woman? Does this woman's name mean anything to you? Here is what she does. Here's who she is. Can you give us a heads up if you know anything? And he manages like the DA upstate, who's a, a friend of John's already. John's, you know, connections being important to the story as always. Because he's an upper class guy, right? So, uh, right. So John's connections prove very useful, and so he goes. Do you know? Uh, and so this guy's like, "Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know this story. I'll tell you this story. Come on upstate and uh, do- get upstate as quickly as you can." And they meet a guy who has uh, um, Tourette's. Yes, right? uh, the the D the local DA who has Tourette's. And uh right, and everybody and who is uh a uh quite an entertaining figure, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Quite an entertaining character, this guy. I really liked this character. Uh but yeah, very entertaining figure, has Tourette's, uh very much likes the death penalty. <laughs> and is, you know, known around town as the guy who because there had been this Like one of those completely random murders, right, where a guy had just killed a shopkeeper and robbed the store, you know, just just out of desperation and money. Right. Just like and whereas Laszlo might be like, oh, you know, it is tragic that, you know, this guy felt, you know, was so failed by society. And his upbringing, and so and so, like that, he had to turn to violence and saw no other option, and didn't fully realize that human uh, humans other than himself are valuable. That's all how Laszlo looks at this kind of crime, and this guy's response is, "Yep, yeah, you gotta just put him in the ga, <laughs> you just gotta put him in the chair, get him an appointment with the uh, electric chair, and that's that is as far as he worries about that kind of thing." And so, like, he, you have this wonderful thing because we have a couple of scenes of them debating how they look at things, but of course his passion for the death penalty ends up causing a big problem because it attracts the attention. Uh, Cause you remember the, uh our villain worked for a, uh, worked for some rich people. And so those rich people can afford to hire a good lawyer. And it turns out there's a lawyer out there, a very good lawyer who has a very personal bone to pick with the death penalty. <laughs> and so that's how Clarence Darrow becomes part of the story in an unbelievably, com- like, completely organic way that you just buy 100%. Oh, he got lo- Leopold He got Le- Well, I mean, they both went to jail, but they didn't get executed. Oh. He's pulled it off in the past. Yeah. But yeah, so they f- they go upstate and they find out her backstory is that uh, she said that, you know, her husband had died, right? You know, she poisoned him, duh. But her husband died and she was left with these three kids, one of which the oldest was the husband and the two of, uh, and the other two, which were the children of the local preacher. Yep. I know. I mean, hey, you you get where the show's coming from. Ah. Sorry, the show, the book, the book has its own, has its own view of things and it's a very cynical, cynical book. But yeah, and so. Uh, everyone kind of knows. And as the, uh, as the DA says, you know, it's like, okay, remember, she's very blonde and pale. Her husband was very blonde and pale. They had a very blonde and pale daughter. Now you're going to get a look at the, uh, once you get a look at the, uh, the pictures of the kids, you're going to ask me to explain something to you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, yeah, the, the local preacher was very swarthy. And so there you go. And uh, it's great. So they're like, okay. And then after her, uh, her husband died, she, you know, got tired of looking after the kids. Yep. You know, like she just had no patience for it. But she was, you know, this, these were her children and she was supposed to love them. And she was so frustrated. And so one day, Ames, as they're driving home from the 4th of July fireworks celebrations, a mysterious black man looms out of the you know uh looms out of the darkness and shoots her three children and leaves her alive and then you know so oh no how what a horrible tragedy has happened to him and she rushes the children back and calls a doctor and is so oh my god i can't believe what happened to my kids and then she gets the bad news that her daughter's still alive <laughs> That she, yeah, turns out one of the bullets didn't actually get the job done. And her daughter's actually still alive. And so, uh, but the daughter is hugely traumatized. What happened is a coma for weeks. And like, when she wakes up, there's this great moment where the, like, nobody's really psyched to leave, like, the doctor's not entirely psyched to believe, leave the daughter alone. And sorry, not the the doctor, the housekeeper. Right, is not entirely psyched to leave the mother alone with her daughter because she's not one hundred percent sure about what happened on that uh, on that day when the daughter died. You know, so she's she doesn't really trust this mother with her own children anymore. And so she's like, okay, well then I'll just skedaddle. And this is when she goes down to New York and takes the job with the rich family and starts looking for other children. To prove herself with. And every time she's like, well, this child will love me and I'll be a good mother this time. And as always, she gets sick of the babies. Mm -hmm. And every time it comes easier for her to get just get rid of them because she sees a baby that seems pretty nice, that seems pretty calm and pretty. And it's like, "Okay, well, this is a good baby this time. And this is one I'll get along with and it'll be fine. But nope, every single time the same thing happens. And so. And so this question becomes, okay, well, where did this woman come from, right? What is this woman's story? Where did this woman come from? Because no one in town knows. Like, they found the town she came from before. They find that, where she used to work, quickly enough. And it's this brutal story where she was a wet nurse for this baby. And then we already told you what happened there with uh, the baby getting sicker and sicker and sicker because she was feeding it arsenic in her breast milk. Oof. What a nightmare story that was. And so then she's in this position where, like, so they've got now her three kids, but no one in that town wants to hear about it. They're like, because guess what happens the day after? So this baby dies and the day and they're like, they know about the arsenic and they think she might have done it. And they're like, what should like, we've got to get her. We've got to do something. And then that very night, before they can do anything, the house burns down, you know, and the man uh, and the man of the house is killed in the house fire. And so suddenly there's no one left to look into this. And the woman is badly, uh, the the wife of the family, the mother whose child has died, right, is badly burned and her husband is killed. And now who's left to look into it? And And our villainous just leaves town as quickly as possible. And never returns. And people, like, as they say, as we see when Sarah talks about it, it's like, it's almost like they're, they they threaten the lives of Sarah and Stevie for just coming to town to look into it. Mm -hmm. Because as they like, it's like they're dealing with a witch. And even have, like, they have all managed to forget this monstrous woman and they're afraid if someone talks about her, it will summon her back into their lives which is such an interesting way to treat the situation. But given what she did, like you kind of understand where the people are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a nice little part of the story too. And so then they finally have to say, okay, well, but yeah, she wasn't born in this town. She wasn't from this town originally. Where did she come from? And it turns out she was just from a farming family in a tiny town. And when, and this is the genius of the frigging book. When you get to the part in The Alienist about this guy who was completely isolated from, a, who was, you know, too small for his age and weird and isolated from his family and no one thought, everyone thought he was worthless. And there was one person in his life, you know, <laughs> who took him seriously and paid attention to him took him cli- and took him climbing, right? And like gave him something to enjoy in his life. And then we get to the inevitable, oh, he was molesting that kid. Yeah, And then you're like, oh my god. And it's not that you feel a ton of... It's not like you forgive the killer. But when you get the context of his life, and you understand that it's this cycle of monstrous abuse, right? Well, then how else can you feel? You know? But you cannot help but feel some measure of sympathy for how he got here. And you think if only people looked out for children, this could have been prevented. Yep. And did you feel the same way <laughs> when we get to her story? That's the in problem. In this book.
1: Yeah. And you, it. there's just something so monstrous about what she does. Yeah. That, you don't have the same... Reaction. Reaction. No. Even
0: though it's bad? No, her backstory is horrifying, too. Yeah. Like, the fact that, like, she was, uh, you know, that she got a reputation with the young men in town, and she had had this sealed-off family, and she was a more open and you know, friendly person and just, and she had this, this cold, were they Quakers, but like this completely emotionally distant family. And just, she was not suited to this life. And so she got attention and appreciation of her where she could, but that is sadly with young men who just want to have sex with her yeah. and will not. Ma- and it's like, and the family of her beau will not let her marry uh, him, marry her. Because she's not suitable and they have no property, right? And so now she's stuck and she's pregnant. And what the hell is she supposed to do about that? And all she can do is hide from everybody the fact that she's pregnant and murder the baby after she has the baby. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah, I was not really, like and again, you on one level I guess I could have seen it coming because the psychology makes such perfect sense. Yeah. You know. And then she goes and she tries to become the, you know, the good wife and mother she was supposed to be, right? And it doesn't work and it doesn't fix her and she she's not happy because she's been so broken by this horrific experience she's gone through. And so she just moves on and she just keeps moving on and she keeps trying to find something to make her feel whole and it never works.
1: No. And the thing is that she gets so much worse. Yeah. Every time. And as horrific as her story is,
0: yeah, it she goes so far.
1: I it was it's just and she continues and she continues. Whereas in the first one, like yeah. that's what makes the second one so much more horrible in some wrenching. way. Yeah, um, it wrenching, but you know you don't have the same sympathy partly because it, with the first one yeah first of all he just started doing these sorts of things yeah
0: and it's it's his brutal 10month rampage
1: yes that is is horrifying um but it is the you when they f- go back and go back and go back yeah and find all of this stuff out. It just, it, it's like building one on another, and it's not, I think the revelations are not, in the first book, are not one-note revelations. No. Right? It's different aspects and all of this kind of thing, whereas in this, if there was ever a complaint you could make when we're talking about <laughs> yeah. it, the
0: revelations are, Every, every, like, every new in-piece, every new detail you find about our life makes you hate her more. Like, every new thing is a more monstrous thing. So that by the time, like, yeah, the first guy, you know, killed that guy and murdered his family and murdered his family because, again, of the stuff that happened to his past. But, you know, it's of a piece whereas here she's starving these babies she's suffocating these babies maybe she's poisoning these babies and then oh my god she shot three of her own children and then uh oh my god yeah. she you know uh oh my god she like she slowly poisoned this baby to death every new thing is so much more monstrous
1: yeah that that's exactly i mean that where she begins because you don't get it's almost as if there's something there's something more we if you had wanted to make her a little bit sympathetic, you needed something more with her family.
0: Yeah. But her family doesn't seem that bad.
1: Well, they they seem restrictive. They seem yeah. whatever, but the, it's just more that they've left her alone. Yeah. And yeah. her. Her and they don't sort of notice her. Yeah. like how you can avoid knowing that your daughter is pregnant
0: it does say something to how you know like checked out of her life her entire family was
1: yeah and then she but but her option is to kill the baby
0: yeah it's what she thinks is her only option because she will never be able to have a successful life uh, there is no where, there is no place for single mothers
1: well, no, but she could have gone and slept with somebody else who would have
0: married her. Well, I think by the time she realized she was pregnant, you know. It's oh, not yeah, like she had I, sex education.
1: No, 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 no. Never
0: mind. I'm not going to rewrite that part of the yeah. backstory. The problem is. I know, but I see why she that. wouldn't think of it as an option because it's not like she had anyone who was looking to marry her.
1: You could have found someone. Maybe.
0: But we don't know for a fact. Have the skills to? No, she didn't have the skills to that. She was like, she was sixteen or seventeen. Like, she did not have. She got. She got much cleverer about her crimes later.
1: Yeah, but what happens? But what happens is that she learns that the solution to a problem is death.
0: Yep. That that will get me out of it.
1: Yeah, but the problem is, she also whatever the hormonal stuff was. She still craves that, yep. and she still needs that.
0: And um, well, and I think Laszlo like that, does an interesting job knows. of profiling it in the book of where he says that it's like there is this insane amount of pressure on her to present a certain way as a mother, and it's like this, especially where she grew up. It's like what are mothers for? You know, what are women for? Therefore, being mothers. Yes. And she
1: and she has taken somehow, as I said, there's just something. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And where you're getting the parallel is people like Sarah, who doesn't want any children. Yeah. She and John have this relationship. They finally. Right. But yeah, she doesn't want to get married. She doesn't want to settle down. She does not want to have children. No. This is not anything in her life and she's supposed to want it. And that's the parallel. Yeah. And ultimately our angel of darkness believes that.
0: Yeah. She accepted that. And that's the She different- accepted the the thing that society told her she had to want and had to be. So
1: every time she broke it by killing a baby, she has to go back and repeat it.
0: Yep. And as you right. say, every justice. as you said, like this time it'll be different. This time, is like, is the message over and over and over again. Well, this time it'll be different, but it's yeah. never different, and there's and never a yeah. solution. And
1: no, and she is totally inadequate. Mm-hmm. Um, she would have been better letting her parents know that she had she was pregnant. Yep. Deal with it they probably would have given the baby up for adoption.
0: Yep. Or, or send sent her, her away to a, a woman's thing to have the baby in secret or something. Yeah. You know, because that was the usual solution. Oh, absolutely. Or if you're Catholic, you know, send her to a nunnery. Yeah. Have the
1: baby there and put the baby up for adoption.
0: Yeah. And if the, I the nuns say. get a new nun out of it, well, you know, they're happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> uh, they're like, why are uh, why are uh, Catholics so against abortion? Where do you think they get new nuns from? <laughs> Families who abandon their daughters when they get pregnant. If those women could just get abortions, there wouldn't be any more nuns. Well, it wasn't... Uh, and not we, just nuns. Like, sometimes just women they keep as slaves for the rest of their lives. <laughs> But uh I'll just I'll just I'll just let you uh google the word Ireland and Magdalene uh, laundries if you want yeah. to find out more about that story.
1: Yeah, you just Yeah, if you think we're you, if you know, think
0: we're being too harsh.
1: <laughs> and it all started around this same time. Oh, absolutely.
0: Like they were sort of options except they weren't Catholic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the but only thing that yeah, made it seem like there was no option for her.
1: Yeah. Well, to her for whatever, you know, yeah. like th- there's just something she's not as fully f- like, I don't
0: know if because I liked, I liked the book. Oh, yeah. But you uh, think they, but the weird part about her is right. Like we've learned the kind of evil that the guy in the first book is. We completely understand because it is not a complicated kind of evil. It really isn't. It's not that complicated how he becomes a monster, but there are so many layers to this woman, and it and we never actually spend any time with the guy in the first book, right? We never hang out with him. We never talk with him. The first time we talk with him, he's you know lying on the ground bleeding to death. Yes, the first conversation we ever have with the man. Whereas here, like there are scenes where they talk with her, and we see her dialogue, and we see her interacting with people, and there are so many levels of artifice in her. Yes, but it strikes me, okay, and here's the thing, though, Please.
1: right? What it strikes me, and no, this didn't happen in the book, but I can remember it striking me, well, she has a multiple personality disorder. You know, that, I mean, she can be, you you talk about it at layers, but it's as if she has, you know, this one person who keeps trying to be normal. Yeah. Right, and then there's this other personality, a completely separated personality, that does
0: all these other things. Well, I mean, we can debate the extent to which, like, but we would have had to know. Yeah, we, we would could debate how much that, that is a performance versus how much she actually would have a multiple personality disorder. Right. Well,
1: it it is de- it, it is me.
0: debatable.
1: It, it struck me, but we would have had to
0: have more scenes from her with her. yeah. And more scenes with her family and more scenes with people who know her.
1: Well, you would have had to have had somehow or another an acknowledgement then that she had been sexually abused, beaten, um, and yes, everything something else. Something like that. In the from backstory. her original family yes. to have to have created this. Because when you see her with What's-His-Face, who's the head of the Dusters.
0: Yeah.
1: never remember his name. Well, I didn't go back. Gugu. And- it's Gugu. Yeah, Gugu. Yeah. Yeah. Um, strange name, but it never is. mind. Um, that, that she is this completely different person. Yeah. Except for the need. And it is hard to know which one of these people is the need. real
0: quote unquote. Yeah. And what you don't understand, I mean, we, like, why is, and as you say, is there, there, I mean, logically, and we, we said this in the show too, but it's like, How much of her psychology makes sense if that daughter is secretly her incest baby with her father? How much more of the show makes sense? And her need to be seen as sexually attractive to men and her entirely defining herself by that. There really should have been childhood sexual abuse within the family, within the family to justify that part of her personality, even in the book. Like it's true in in the the show. It's true in the show and it's true in the book. You're absolutely right.
1: It's, it's, it always, because it struck me that because the, your different personalities, because her neighbors like her.
0: Yeah. You know, it's not like she comes across. Her her neighbors all like her and she's this completely different person with Gugu and she's a completely different person when she's committing murders. You know, and and you get that moment where it is 100% clear that Laszlo, you know, doesn't, uh, is not going to buy what she's selling. Right. And she immediately just drops all of this artifice of who she pretends to be. You know, so I think there
1: there was a lost that
0: even in the book, there was a lost aspect um, to the character
1: aspect to that a lost choice <laughs>
0: yes because yeah you
1: know to have made it a, the book a little bit better because that's what i that's my only complaint about the book but that's not going through the book yeah right yes. that would have made her as sympathetic
0: yes as, as the guy in the first book. first yeah right and because somehow- you and i know that it's only that kind of child abuse that yeah. can create this kind of mental problem okay. it is only that kind of early child sexual abuse that can create this kind of mental problem. Like there's just nothing else that can cause this. um, Oh, I'm going to see if I can use this word. Right. This This constellation of personality disorders. Yeah. Boom. That's the correct term, everybody.
1: Yeah. I mean, she is severely dissociated. It would appear. I can remember thinking that right away. The first time, that she's with Gugu, yeah. Like she kind of whole
0: different personality
1: because she's still taking care of her husband. Yeah, you know. Now that that's what's so yes, okay. It makes her respectable, and you would think
0: that, and it means that people won't suspect her for all these other things. But at the same time, she's still, you know, a relatively kindly person with him.
1: Yeah, and you know, given given how difficult it is for him to live, yep, and everything else. So it it is. It was just
0: a lost shot at no, and the thing is, when you're seeing her with the husband, on one level, you're like, "Why, like this guy's so old and frail? Why hasn't she poisoned him yet?" Yeah, why hasn't she? And the answer is, I think, I think you can say that the answer is, and we're talking about you know our rewritten version of it. She needs this approval of an older man. Yeah, she that needs would the approval and take care of the older man. And if you went back and had her father molesting her, boom! Oh, suddenly that all makes sense. Yeah, that that she doesn't really,
1: you know, yeah. because there's 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 no sexual, and you get this idea that's. I mean, they they talk about how she's, uh, you know, she needs this excitement or whatever. But yeah. that's pretty typical if you go read stories of um women in particular who have multiple personality disorders Mm -hmm. and there there's always the front and then you have the different personalities and they can either drive themselves forward or they interact with one another and they can like at times other personalities will talk with one another, but the front person never really understands Um, What's going on beneath, yeah. They just have essentially blackouts, but she takes care of this man. And Mm -hmm. yeah, if if you did put this part of it in a backstory, now I would say that it would be more difficult to find that backstory out as they were going backwards. Yes. And that at this point... In the history of psychiatry, this idea would have been um, not even anywhere near.
0: Nowhere near acceptable to think, let alone say.
1: Yeah. And I think that. We all know
0: what happened to Freud.
1: Well, yeah. And and, you know, and Laszlo is not on the top of on top of his game either. No, he's not. No, I mean, you know, he's just not on top of his game. Um, like he was with the first one.
0: Yeah. Well, he's he's got this inquest happening and all of yeah. his, everything being called into question. Yeah. And, you know, so he's that rack- is... He's racked with self-doubt the entire book. Yeah. And like so- he only comes alive when he's dealing with her daughter and trying to teach her to speak again and trying to break down and make her feel safe enough that she can communicate. That's the only time. That he really feels like Laszlo again.
1: Yeah, and he does manage to do it, Mm -hmm. and you know, but you know, to
0: to go back and find well, and the fact that it's a a little girl with a crippled arm too, (laughs) yes, so that he's getting Uh, another chance to deal with his own abuse at the hands of his father. It's such a nice touch. Yeah, and
1: and the thing the thing is is that um, even though we see the sexual abuse of children. Yeah. By the, du- you know, by Go-Go, Gogo
0: And the dusters.
1: And the dusters and the rest. It's not a the
0: main it. theme of the book.
1: No, it's not a the main theme. The way it was in the first one. And I think because, I mean, when, when, what's his, when, um, God, what, is, what
0: are we talking yeah, about here? His name?
1: No, no. I mean, basically it was like the seventies and the eighties. Yeah.
0: Before like, we started before really getting started into that.
1: Talk about, this the idea of what does cause uh, severe dissociation as yep. we now yep. call it right um multiple personality is total dissociation yep from different parts that it has to happen because children who are abused later on did don't necessarily break into different personalities yeah. they don't
0: create they are, the essentially if you're not familiar with how DID D- I- D works, parts of your personality get sectioned off and dedicated to tasks. It's not that different to having a computer where the hard drive becomes split off. And this is the part of the hard drives that for X, for Y, for Z, yeah. except it happens with your personality.
1: It happens with what well, happens within your brain in the development of these different people. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was funny and I, always say this that I didn't I had one person who well female and I knew that's when I had to take a break from taking care I knew I was overstressed and the rest of it that I did not pick up very very quickly and I should have picked it up it was all of a sudden like I was having these these things right okay how come today she can do mathematics right or she can read and stuff and then the next
0: day
1: a couple couple, you know there there was there was all this other stuff remember this woman is dying of AIDS and she's been a prostitute yeah and she's there and there's a whole stat I mean the horror of that woman um and she does go back and she goes to Vancouver she eventually of course is killed um but that that was that horror but the very fact that I could not that it didn't dawn on me as quickly as it should have that I was dealing with a multiple personality disorder um, was one of the reasons why I thought, Oh, I think I need to take a break for a while. Yeah, I am too stressed and I'm not picking it up. And this hence, hence I say, yes, Laszlo is preoccupied by other things and isn't even thinking about these possibilities. And, but the problem with the book is that you end up with no sympathy because this woman's life is just horror 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 as you go in the back but you never get that original driving force that made her um be this horrible because there's never quite enough explanation yes it's she's been doing this forever yep include, it started when she was 16 17 she killed her own baby yep but you know it it, to me, it, there was never this the thing that would have led her to be consistently this evil. Yeah. And and she, it's just compounded and compounded and she is the epitome of evil, but so was that that man. Yep. In, in the first book.
0: Yeah, but understanding where he came from and understanding yeah. the, the thing that turned him into this, what built this monster.
1: Yeah, and you would have had you to feel it had, that way.
0: You would have had to have speculation. Yeah. And Laszlo,
1: first of all, as we say, we know what Freud did. And this is after Freud made his flip. Yep. Um, and so you have to have, so you've still got hysteria. Like you have all of the explanations that would have been normal mm-hmm. for the time. Like, And Laszlo does come up with some of these things, but it's not in depth enough to go back. And give her the backstory, the humanity
0: that, that you need, yeah. the
1: humanity that she required, that you that he gave. The boy. killer in
0: the first one, yeah.
1: Killer in the first one. You needed some level of humanity that would have explained this progression.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I, and and I think they, if the book has a flaw, and I think we agree that it does, it's that they don't come up with that extra detail of well, how did she end up like this? And you needed more than this yeah. secret baby that she killed to preserve her place in society. No, it ne- yeah, had to start earlier. It's not that's good not enough. not
1: good enough for what happened. Yeah. Right? Just as it wasn't good enough for your the boy in the first yeah. book. And, I, um, and what I would say is that I think because it would have been harder to have found that out. Like, I'm trying to think how could, when Caleb is working, writing this, right? Car, Caleb Carr is writing this, and he's trying to figure out how he can go back there because this is what I'm talking about is normal. Yep. Right now, like, it's not like Caleb Carr didn't have access to this information of multiple personalities. Of or mere dis- dissociative disorder. Did severe DID complete yep. DID? Um, it it is. How then are they going to find it out? Yes. And that would have been more difficult. And they've and and he put Laszlo in a position where he was distracted. He's distracted by numerous things. Yep. Questioning himself all the time, which is you know is not going to lend itself to him ever figuring out the way he did in the first one what
0: yeah the piece that explains where it came comes from. He
1: would have been the one that would have had to have come up with something like that and it's it's before the time that Firenze is writing because he doesn't keep up on all of the psychiatry that's going on so Firenze doesn't write until the 40s uh, wow. Freud has changed his position, and that paper has been hidden. Yep. Like, nobody talks about that original paper. And there are speculations before Freud, but they are
0: obscure French. Oh, anyway, in <laughs> case you haven't been listening to every episode of ours, the Freud stuff is, uh, when he was first dealing with all of these really screwed up rich people in Vienna, uh, he re- you know, he talked about their childhood and gradually figured out that a huge number of these children were being molested by their women. parents. These uh-huh. women, yes. But they were children at the time that they yes. were molested. But yes, they're women now. Had been molested by their parents, been molested by uh, relatives, family, you know, powerful family friends, and it has screwed them up for the rest of their lives. And so right. he tried to publish about this, but he's essentially saying, oh, all of you people, because remember, these are all people rich enough to afford psychiatrists. Okay. In Vienna. In Vienna. In Vienna. You know, the the Paris of the East. Well, that's not actually, yeah. an but anyway. But like one of the toniest towns at the time. And so so essentially he's ready to put out this paper that's saying, oh yeah, all of you rich, powerful people are molesting your daughters. Yeah, and all it's your screwing, or your sons or your sons. And daughters. it's screwing them up for the rest of your life. Yeah. And for the rest of their lives, and that's what's causing all of and these he, problems.
1: He didn't publish it. He he gave it. He yeah. gave this paper at the psychoanalytic convention. Like he gave this paper at the convention and it was met with dead silence. Destroy. It threatened to destroy his entire career. Yeah. People weren't sending their, their, their family members to him anymore. His business, like his whole career was going to like dry up completely, dry up completely. He would have nothing. He was also a doctor. And so somehow or another, you know, he, he
0: rationalized it to himself that, like, what if these are all just dreams and fantasies they're having? And that is where we get Oedipus and Electra complexes from. Oh yeah. And so he built an entire theory of psychoanalysis based on wanting to keep his career going. Yeah, I mean, we can. And it very... set back the uh it set back intervention against child molestation a hundred years. Oh, easily. Yeah. We're still working on fixing his damage today.
1: Oh, Frank, even in my course, like that course I had with women and I brought up, I said something about, Oh yes, but that's, you know, there is an argument that that's just fantasy. That's what they were told, right? Like when they're studying the book in one of their English classes. Well, you know, that was just Hubert's, you know, sort of fantasy and the rest, but that's how they set it up. I know. Well, yeah. Okay. Fuck off. (laughs) I didn't say that to the student. I said, I understand that. That is not the point. And you have to wonder as we did uh, about Kurt. Who wrote Lolita? Um,
0: Oh God. uh, It wasn't Vonnegut. No, no, it's not Kurt Vonnegut. It's um, Oh God. It's so embarrassing. Oh, I'm just going to look it up. But anyway, we have to wonder about,
1: Uh, well, just the way we wondered about, um, uh, What's his face who wrote? Uh, John Fowles. Oh, yeah. I uh, wrote The Collector because he never wrote anything like that again. Nope. Uh, Nabokov. Nabokov. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, well, he, I mean, you his have- other most famous, like, I'm not saying there's something deeply wrong in Nabokov, but his other most famous book is about, like, the love affair between a brother and a sister.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Like the lifelong love affair between this brother and sister.
1: very depressing.
0: Yeah. In the same way that John Fowles probably had some might have been a serial killer if he didn't write the book stuff going on with the collector. There's obviously some stuff that that happened to Vladimir Nabokov in his childhood that he spent the rest of his life working through. And hopefully he only worked it through in art.
1: Well, we've never had. Yes. And I think he may have worked it through in art. Yeah. Because it's not like there's anything out there. Yeah. What there is for people like Marlon Brando.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, Plenty of stories uh, there. Yeah. Oh God help me. I know, right? Um,
1: Raymond Burr. Yep. You know, not that I, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's that problem. However, Kevin Spacey, just to bring up another. Horror has story. Has not learned, uh, clearly did not learn his lesson. Because no. he's now been arrested. Again. Again, three cases. Yeah. Jesus. Oh so, who the hell hired him? I don't know. Run this theater school in England. I know. Or run the, yeah, you know, this, this theater group in England. Are you nuts?
0: I know, it's insane. Like, but
1: anyway, they hired him. He did it again.
0: You can't be trusted around young people, and they keep giving him opportunities to be around young people it's
1: yeah it's just like roman catholic priests yeah
0: (laughs) at what point are you going to figure it out guys
1: yeah that they're not going to stop if you don't stop them yeah
0: so but the point is like i think it's safe to say right Uh, i think it's safe to say that like it's a really good book in a ton of ways it's better than the first book but Mm -hmm. there is one big flaw in it and the tragedy is that the big flaw is in the psychological aspect that makes this stuff so interesting. Yeah.
1: And, and made and made the first book work better than the second, because the focus is on, is on how, how basically Sarah doesn't ever want to have children. Yeah. And that, that, that this woman got, got, became so damaged because of the societal expectations. And I'm going, you can't be this, damaged because of societal expectations. No, no.
0: there has it to be something that's And then, but that's what we said in the show. And that's what we're saying here. Yeah. You know, I
1: mean, that's what the book says. That's what, it's show You know, it's all, but it is. And I would just say that it's only because Laszlo was so preoccupied with everything else that was going on in his life that he couldn't pay attention to this. Yeah. In the way he should have. Or he could have, and that might have given us a better backstory. <laughs> but, but you know, I mean, to just assume that yeah. this had to be this and this ups, upset this complete given his own backstory.
0: Yep. You know, and then there's Teddy. You know, yeah. So yeah. all right, so yeah, that was. Uh- <laughs> And, but I mean, our discussion. that was our discussion of Angel of Darkness. It's, it's a really good book. It's so much better than the show. And the irony that both the book and the show would have the same crucial flaw in characterizing the villain is kind of insane. Even though the villain is much better written in the book than in the show, they yes. had the same blind, the exact same blind spot. It's just kind of crazy. Yeah, well, you know, I I don't expect the person
1: who re, who, who adapted the to book to fix the
0: problems of the to book, fix right? The problem in the
1: book because they don't see the problem in the
0: book. Yeah, no, they didn't see it. All right. So, uh I guess that's that. Uh we're going to wrap it up here. We'll see you back here soon. I don't know what we're going to be discussing next. That's something we're going to talk about once we're off the recording. Uh, but for now, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like to, uh, you'd like us to take a look at, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We will see you back. Oh, yes. Uh, if you're listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. And the big one. Uh, we'll see you back here next time. But until then, au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.